0: It's time to winterize your RV. In Staying on the Road, we're going to break down how to winterize your RV and the importance of it. Enjoying the RV life, it's going to be all about putting your RV in storage. So they kind of work hand in hand, time to put everything in storage for the wintertime. Then we're going to visit Gray Wells Provincial Park in British Columbia in the next stop. And then we're going to wrap up the show with RV Envy. And in this episode, we're going to talk about RV Roof Magic. Yeah, so coding fear rough, so don't get too excited there. There's no magic involved. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. So this is episode 134, so let's get into it. Welcome to the show today, Alexis.
1: Thanks, Eric. It's good to be here.
0: And how are you today?
1: I'm doing swell.
0: (laughs) Doing swell. That's great. All right, so... um. I have no rants today. Well, I always have rants, but I'm going to save them. <laughs> We're just going to spend time on the show. The yeah. RV industry is what it is, and this <laughs> <laughs> the only change is going to come about from RV purchasers. Ah, and If they stop purchasing new RVs for a year, that maybe will make some changes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's go on strike.
0: But I do want to mention again, we are one of the top rated podcasts on um, Player FM, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And we're making our way up, climbing up the ladder on different air platforms as well. So now let's get into enjoying the RV life. So today we're going to talk about putting your RV into storage, and that's going to tie into our main part, which is about winterizing your RV. So they go hand in hand. So we're probably not going to spend as much time on this as we are in the uh, staying on the road. So Alexis, what can you tell us about putting your RV in storage or why we need to do that?
1: Right. Like you said, we're going to go in more depth with it, but there's some important things that you need to check off when you're when you're putting your RV away for the year. Uh, for one, you need to winterize it properly. You know, don't let it go. Don't do it uh, halfway. You need to do it the right way. And we're, we'll help you figure that out here at Highway 93 RV. <laughs> and two, um, Disconnecting battery, operated devices, appliances, that includes your TVs, your radios, all that kind of stuff. It's a good idea to um, disconnect that so your batteries don't drain, right? And then to cover any or remove any exposed items. If you have an awning, make sure that's retracted and secured. Um, Inspect your tires and your brakes. This is a great time to look over everything so you know maybe come springtime what you need to replace or do it during the winter because then you'll be ahead of the game. And then don't forget to clean your RV. That's something I think is really important because it gets dirty during the year when you use it. And if you clean it, that's going to keep the mold and mildew away and you'll just be, you'll be ready to go when you, when you take it back out.
0: Right. Very good. So these are all good reminders because a lot of times the focus is just on draining the fresh water system and all these other things are part of winter preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, covering things, putting things away, cleaning yep. the outside of the RV. You know, yeah. you can use it all summer long. Maybe you've cleaned it, maybe you haven't. Just but it's nice it. to get a good, uh, you know, ro- clean the roof. Yep. Um, put yep. the UV guard on it, then maybe wax the rest of the RV so everything's nice and tip top, so it goes through the winter. And depending on where you winter, California is different than let's say here in Montana, right, <laughs> or other states where it's even colder and winter's longer. Yep. So that's just a little extra protection while it's sitting there, and even during the winter time, you still get UV rays and things on exactly, now. exactly. You know, the idea is to keep the snow off the roof if you can. There's generally gonna be a layer depending on where you live, but you know, trying to keep too much or not allowing too much to accumulate.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. So it's nice to have a list if you make a checklist for your RV. So that way in the springtime, you can just reverse it.
1: Yep. You'll thank yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah. It makes it easier. and That way you don't forget something. Alexis brought out a good point, you know, inspecting your tires and brake. You, know, you go into wintertime, you're not going to want to replace them for storage. That's right, for sure. For exactly. four or five months, you know, just sit there. That's a waste. Don't do that. <laughs> it might give you an idea of what you need to do in the springtime though, or check the brakes during the wintertime, pack yep. the wheel bearings or things you can do there. To get ahead of the springtime, because you know winter time, depending on where you live, like I said, you can do a lot of these things versus some areas. Once you put that RV in storage, just buried in snow, That's right? You know, so make sure it's watertight when you do that. Yes, sure there's no leak
1: exactly
0: sometimes we think that we're covered and we're not <laughs> then you come in the springtime it's like oh man what happened yeah, okay. in here you know a whole host of problems oh, right and that roof protects your entire investment so keep yeah. that roof in good shape that's where your investment begins so that's going to bring us to staying on the road now and this is where we're going to talk about winterizing your rv so we previously in enjoying the rv life we touched on it some Good things, some good pointers because you want to do certain things besides winter or get all the water out of your system. You know, here in Montana, people talk about winterizing their RV, and the the main thrust is always just draining the water out so nothing freezes. So come springtime, they're not buying faucets, water valves, fittings, things like that. They're trying to avoid that, but there's still more to winterizing your RV than just draining out the water. Sometimes that's the most important thing, depending on where you live. So. You know, you want to make sure that, let's see, your batteries, are you going to leave them out all winter? Decide that. If not, put them in where it's a little bit warmer so they don't freeze. You know, battery companies like Interstate say that a battery can be left out in freezing temperatures as long as it was fully charged beforehand. So if you disconnected it and it was fully charged, it should be good throughout the winter. But I hear other things from customers who have done that and it doesn't work for them. They have to buy a new battery come springtime. So I recommend just taking your batteries, putting them inside where it's warmer, and putting them on a no-co charger, a smart charger, so it'll keep them charged all winter long without overcharging it because it's a smart charger. It turns on and off, and you actually set it to the battery type that you have. So that's a great way to go, looking at the outside of the RV. And you know your RV. You know where you live. You know where some of those weaker points might be. And take advantage of it during the wintertime. There might be some things that you can do. Like maybe you checked out your tires. They look bad. You think, well, maybe you need to check the brakes like what Alexis brought out earlier. So check the brakes during the wintertime if you can. And take care of some of that stuff in the colder months. So that way when spring comes, it's already done. You get ahead of it a little bit. You know, If it's possible, if your RV's not all snowed in or covered up, do some maintenance things during the winter So that way springtime comes and that baby is ready to go or almost ready. You have half of it done. I keep my RV inside so it makes it easier to do that. Doesn't mean I do do it, but it makes it easier to do it. (laughs) But I try to do what I can. Hopefully everything's done before I ever put into storage. So, all right, now winterizing your RV. You know, the most important thing here is just to get all the water out of the fresh water system. Now, you do want to drain the black and gray water tanks to make sure that they're empty. You'll never be able to get all the water out of them because the way they're designed, so there's always going to be some water left. And don't worry about it. If you have a gallon of water in there, it really shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be able to freeze and expand and break anything because it has plenty of room to freeze and expand. You know, if there's some stuck in a 3-inch valve, well, it might be a problem, but you're not going to really be able to much about that it is what it is unless you can open up the valves you know before it really starts getting cold out and let it some air dry as much as it possibly can so that is an option certainly when it hurts. there's only so much you can do even with the fresh water tank you can drain it there's only so much you can get water you can get out now some people do pour uh, antifreeze in there just to be a little air on the side of caution i guess and a lot of people do this differently there's you know there's two different ways people do it is blowing out the system and putting rv antifreeze in the system and i want to emphasize that rv antifreeze not automotive antifreeze not boiler antifreeze rv antifreeze is made for the fresh water system you don't want to mix that up and put the wrong one in there that could be detrimental there's things you do you want to drain all the water out of the system if your rv has low point drains you open those up gets all the water out of the water lines because they're at the lowest point. You're going to drain your fresh water tank. Anywhere you can drain water, you drain the water. Open up the faucets inside. That's going to help water um, drain out. So, so draining the system is very important. Now, some people don't really do a lot with draining it because they're just going to put antifreeze in there and they feel that that's okay. But I would recommend draining it, just getting all the water out and then do your antifreeze if that's what you're going to do. But before you get into that, you know, part of draining the water system is making sure your water heater has a water heater bypass kit on it. Some RVs come that way, some don't. If you've been living in cold country for a long time, more than likely it's already done. If you bought the RV in Arizona, you just brought it to North Dakota, well, it probably doesn't have a water heater bypass on it. So you want to do that. In our store, we do sell a lot of those in the winter time because people buy RVs from all over the country. And they end up here. Or for some reason it doesn't have one. But you want to make sure you're bypassing that water heater. Otherwise, when you put in an RV antifreeze, it's going to go into the water heater. And that'll take either 6 or 10 gallons of antifreeze right there. It's a lot of money. It's a waste of money. And same with you're blowing it out with air. You want to bypass the water heater so no air is going in there. You know, it's just filling up a tank with air. That's a waste of air. You want to have all that air pressure going into the rest of the RV. So the bypass kit for the water heater is very important. This isn't something you should just ignore. Make sure you have one and be familiar with how, to, how it works too. So that bypass kit will come, you know, you drain the water heater after you turn off or bypass the water heater. Go ahead and drain it, get all the water out of it, maybe flush it out at this time. And then you can leave the anode rod out or the drain plug out. You don't have to put it back in. Some people do. Some people don't. I don't think it matters. Um, Just make sure there's no water sitting in the threads of the anode rod or where the anode rod is screwed in so it doesn't rust there and you get a bunch of rust buildup. That can be a problem. It does happen occasionally. So we're on our way here. We're getting closer. So you've drained out all the water. You've gotten every bit out as much as you can, and so hopefully your water or your water pump already has a conversion kit on it that will allow you to pump antifreeze through the system If you don't, then you'll need to go purchase one of those. It's not a big deal most r v stores are going to sell it. It's a very simple system, and it just hooks up to the water heater i mean to the water pump permanently, and it has a line that goes from it to the uh gallon jug of antifreeze and you're doing one gallon at a time, you're just pumping it right into the system. I mean, you could put it in a bigger container if you wanted to, which might not be a bad idea. If you had like a five gallon bucket, you could just pour all five gallons. If you have, if you need more than that, you could have someone standing by to pour in that other gallon once there's room. And that way it never stops moving. It just goes through the system seamlessly. And that way there's no air gaps, no possibilities for anything to cause a problem. It's just going to push that air and any water that's remaining in there out and then you can just turn on your pump and let it fill up the system and open up one faucet at a time and get the air and then the residual water until pink starts coming out the color of the antifreeze real simple and you can let it run a little bit longer you know if you want to use 10 gallons when you really only need five but you want to make sure it's winterized that's fine the antifreeze is just going to go into the holding tank it's not going to hurt anything in there so if you go a little bit overboard, antifreeze is relatively cheap compared to a lot of things. It's not going to hurt anything. That's what I would do. I would err on the side of caution. And, you know, like I said, or no, I didn't say, um <laughs> thought I did. So we have complete instructions for winterizing your RV. And if they're not on the smartRVR.com website, they will be by the time this episode is published. See, when I say that, we're thinking we need to all get published ahead. And I really don't even need to say it. Alexis, you're supposed to smack me when I start talking like that. sorry. (laughs) All right. So anyways, it'll be on the website. You don't have to worry about it. It's on the website. (laughs) So it has complete instructions. It's very thorough, very thorough. It even covers putting some antifreeze in the P-traps and so forth. That's talking about with RV antifreeze on winterizing. And yeah, there's two schools of thoughts here. Some people like the antifreeze and some people don't. Some people hate it because they feel that it leaves a taste in the water line, so they'll never do it again. Other people absolutely believe in sending air through the system and flushing it out that way. Most dealerships use RV antifreeze. Most technicians use RV antifreeze if that gives you some direction there. So air is the other way to do it. So you can get a fitting that hooks up to the city water fill city water hookup on your RV and you would screw that fitting in there and you hook up your air compressor to it that air hose right from your air compressor it just goes right onto this fitting and then you go inside and start turning opening faucets and stuff like that. Now again, you want to make sure all the water is drained out first. You don't want to blow the water out. you just want to get as much water out on its own and let it drain. You know, some people even leave their drain valves open overnight. They might take the RV and drive around the block and get some of that water moving that's stuck in odd spots. You know, they get very particular about it. They want to make sure nothing's left in there because, you know, sometimes in a, a little bit of water can cause a lot of damage, like in a, a faucet. You know, just a tiny bit of water, if it freezes, can break a... Um, you know, the fittings in there. See, being cautious like that is okay. Or a toilet valve, that Dometic $100 toilet valve, you know, you don't want to buy that every spring if you can avoid it. So draining out the water is the first thing you do. Bypassing the water heater, make sure that you're not going to fill it up with air. You know, you drain it out and again, flush it out. It's the same principles if you're using the antifreeze there. So you've got all the water out of the system. So now you're going to hook up your air hose to it and you're going to go inside the RV And you're going to want to open up different faucets, starting with the furthest one and then working your way closest back to where uh, the air comes in. Each faucet is going to spit and sputter and water is going to come out and little bits of water. Then hopefully no water is coming out. Hopefully you don't have a bunch of water in your air compressor that's going into the system. So make sure your air compressor is dry or you got a water separator on it. And that also makes it taste pretty nasty, too. That, that air can be pretty bad in itself. And you're going to do that throughout the RV. You're just basically going to get all of the water out of the system by using air. It's pretty straightforward. And generally, you're going to find, you know, probably don't ever see it, but there might be some water that finds a, a place in a water line, maybe in an elbow. As long as there's not enough in there to expand and crack anything, it's fine. It's that expansion that causes the issue, and that's why things break. So that's a good way to go. So you can use either RV antifreeze. You can use the air to blow out the system. All of them are good options. The main thing is that you do it. Some people, because they've had so many problems with things breaking, they've they've, uh, run RV antifreeze through the system, things still break. They have run air through the system things still break. When I say break, they freeze and break. So they're like, okay, now what do we do? So what they're doing is they're blowing it out, doing a thorough blowout on the system, and then they're running antifreeze through it, which that makes sense. You know, you get as much out as you can with the air, put the antifreeze in, and that should do it every time. There shouldn't be an issue. But it seems like there is an issue from time to time, no matter how you do it, something just one of those weird things. I know we hear it a lot about people that get their r v uh winterized at dealerships that something always breaks, and I'm not condemning every dealership saying everything they they winterize is breaking. I'm just bringing that out that that's what we hear how true it is. I don't really know, or to the extent of it, I don't know, but I know it happens, but you do want to make sure you do it right. Take your time. You know, talk to some local experts if you have any, if you're not sure, but basically it's blowing it out with air or using antifreeze, RV antifreeze or using them both. It's a pretty simple process. The main thing is that you do it. And at the end of the day, come springtime, something breaks, you know, it froze during the wintertime. I wouldn't worry about it. I would just replace the part. I wouldn't overthink it, like start kicking yourself. What did I do wrong? How embarrassing, you know? Gosh, I hope no one finds out. It's like, who cares, man? You saved, you saved money by doing it yourself regardless because you would have paid someone to do it. And there's a possibility that thing might still have frozen anyway because of the design of it or something. Had some water in there that just could not get out. And I do want to mention, I didn't say this, but it is on our sheet. Open and close the water valve on the toilet. A lot of people don't do that. They forget to open and close the water valve because when you open it, it's going to allow water to go through or antifreeze to go through, air to go through, and get all that water out. Don't forget to do that. It's just like opening and closing the faucets. the same thing. It's just on the toilet. Take care of that. Do the water system. That's a priority, but don't forget about everything on the outside. Making sure the RV is watertight. There's no cracks up on the roof, and the sealant that's going to let water in when that snow or rain or snow starts to melt, rain starts coming. Depending where you uh, live in the winter time, the weather's different. You might get more snow than you get rain. You might get more rain than you get snow, or you might get snow that has a tendency of melting. You know, a couple of days later, and all that water on the roof now can leak inside. So check that, double check it, triple check it. You got to keep the RV dry, especially in the winter time. Well, anytime, because your investment's all in that roof. All right, so I think I've covered that, covered it quite a bit thoroughly. And I know it's a subject we do discuss uh, at least once every year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in our store during the wintertime, it's a subject we discuss every day with our
1: customers.
0: So even though they're aware, and we make our customers very aware of things, we run radio, radio ads talking about it, you know. So we're very thorough here. So it still is that one area, that gray area, I guess. It just gets overlooked sometimes. All right. So that is going to... Oops, wait a minute. I can't move on yet. I was going to, but I'm not... I got to stop. I got to tell you about our coffee. Yeah. I already did once, but I'm telling you again. Right. So it's going to be on Smart RV Parts Center, available for purchase. It comes in three flavors. It's a whole bean coffee. Um, we call it Camper's Coffee. This stuff is absolutely awesome. We have a flavor card called, uh, can't talk, 406, which represents, you know, the 406 area code of Montana. Awesome flavor. We have Snowden and Cowboy Coffee. Any one of these flavors, try them. You'll fall in love with it. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. If you like coffee, you're going to like this. You're going to love it. All right. Now let's go to the next stop. And we are gonna to go to Way- Wells Grey Provincial Park in British Columbia.
1: Yeah. Up there. So you're
0: need some coffee.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wintertime. Well, even in the summertime gets cooler. Put some maple syrup in the coffee. So Alexis is <laughs> this is her idea of going
1: here. <laughs> it is. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> so that
0: means we're going to let Alexis start this whole conversation
1: off. <laughs> Sounds good. Alexis, tell us about it. This place is just really cool. I mean, Canada in itself is amazing. Underrated, I think, all parts of it. But some natural attractions in Wells Gray. Um, They have a ton of waterfalls. Um, They have rivers. The wildlife is incredible. Really good recreation. They have hiking, camping, fishing. And you can get to the park year-round, but obviously it might be more challenging during the winter. So it's always recommended to go when it's warmer. (laughs) What else to say? Well,
0: and a lot of Canada closes down in the winter time too.
1: That's true. No kidding.
0: Yeah. And Alaska and boy, yeah. anything open, <laughs> highway was barely open.
1: Yeah, I bet.
0: Okay, so now you've got a million things listed here. I so this do is a lot of good information. <laughs> so if you go to the website, the com, check out the next stop. This entire articles there, a lot of things to do.
1: It's really yeah thorough
0: places to eat of course you know it one place that stood out to you alexis that i want to go chomp at
1: the painted turtle restaurant sounded pretty cute i just like the name more than anything so that's in clearwater british columbia that looked pretty cute (laughs) and then they always have a pizza place i think it's called in i'm probably slaughtering this but barrier british columbia there's sam's pizza and rib house that sounds really good right now actually that's yeah
0: interesting combo
1: can't go wrong so
0: then are there places for the rv or to stay after definitely traveled all that distance
1: right and ate all that pizza there's a lot of rv parks it kind of listed by location but there's clearwater wells gray koa there's dutch lake resort and rv park there's blue river campground and rv park um bailey's salome rv park there's just a ton just google the area and you'll find one for sure
0: Yeah, it sure looks like it. So that sounds like a very nice place to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally, we don't venture out of the United States too often. I know. But, you know, British Columbia is a cool part of Canada. Absolutely. Definitely worth going. A lot of beauty in Canada. Say so. So I would say check that out. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of Canada and beautiful, don't forget to check out RV Destinations Magazine.
1: There we go. (laughs)
0: I'm sure there's something in Canada in that magazine, but the quality of it is just absolutely awesome. And, and, you know, it covers such a diverse area with all these great pictures. You know, here on a podcast, we can't describe something. Well, we can, but it's not going to be the same. But in this magazine from RV Destinations, man, it really brings things to life. So check it out. Go to RVDestinationsMagazine.com and see for yourself why we talk about this magazine so much. And by the way, they're not a paid sponsor. We do some trading and stuff, but we just love the magazine. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's no, nothing, no benefit for us, really, in, in that way. Yeah. And it's good people know that because you know we're paying for this show. It's not sponsored by anybody, so we own it. It's our opinion on everything, and we like that. So now, that's going to bring us to RV Envy. And we're going to talk about Roof Magic. So what is roof magic? Some of you may have heard of it, but many of you probably haven't. But almost everybody out there has a rubber roof on their RV. There might be some metal ones, there might be some fiberglass ones, but I'm sure a good chunk of them are rubber roofs. And RV roof magic is for you if your rubber roof is getting old and to the point where you think you need to replace it. Generally, a rubber roof, you know, doesn't just start tearing. It just doesn't need to, like, be replaced one day. Like, one day it's good, one day it's not. Usually something happens to it where it needs to be replaced. And in that case, like, if you get in an accident or a tree falls on your roof, that's a different animal. This is not the product that's going to fix that. That's going to require a new rubber roof. But this product is for the guy that has an RV that's maybe 12, 13, 15 years old. The roof is getting to that point where it's starting to, you can see the black underneath the white, the white is flaking off. It's like the roof is just deteriorating. RV Roof Magic is a coating you put on the roof that basically becomes part of that rubber that's already there. And it saves the roof and is actually going to add life to it. I think it's between 10 and 18 years, depending on the condition of the roof when you put it on. Now, RV Roof Magic is not really available in most RV stores. It's a online product, which, yeah, I'm generally not too fond of offering those. But these guys seem to have it together. I've talked to them. I've, they have two different companies, and I've talked to both of them, and I like the company. Their product makes absolute sense. We've been recommending it here because most of the products you get to paint on your roof that supposedly seal it, they just create more maintenance. And I'm talking about the products are maybe like 100 hundred, two, $300, you know, you paint it on. There's a lot of roofing companies for RVs that do like a roof, you know, similar to RV Roof Magic, but it's much thicker and it's going to last forever. So that's not the one I'm talking about. It's just the Hangs Elixir type products. It's like a gallon of paint. In two or three years, it just becomes a maintenance issue. That's not the product you want. You want something like RV Roof Magic. And just so you know, the average RV is about five or six hundred bucks to do. And that's doing it yourself. It takes one gallon per 50 square feet. And you have to do it that way. That's the ratio. You can't thin it out. You can't stretch it because that'll ruin the product and it won't protect your roof like the way it's designed. So you want to use it per their instructions. So you buy accordingly. And another cool thing is let's say you buy six gallons you only use five and a quarter gallons, and you so you've got three quarters of a gallon left over, you have to replace a roof vent or two roof vents down the road, completely replace them. Well, that product will sit in the can, I think they said for five years before it goes bad. It's either three or five, but even three years is still pretty good. You know, so that's the kind of stuff you normally take care of before you use a product like this, but if something happened and you had to replace it, you can hang on to that can for a few years, And still have a good product when you go to use it. You know, there's not too many products like that. Even paint shouldn't sit around that long. Even though it does, you know, it changes. So that's another plus of this. So check it out, RVRoofMagic.com, and see if it's the product for you. It's the product for a lot of RVers out there, so take take a look at it. One final thing I want to say is going to is about going to our YouTube channel, checking out the videos at the Smart RVer. So it's youtube.com slash C slash the Smart YouTube puts that C in there for whatever reason. But if you just type in the Smart RVer, we'll come up. Check out our YouTube videos and subscribe to them, like them. It helps YouTube understand whether people like them or not, if they're valuable. And of course, the more people subscribe, the better it is for us then we come up more often in those videos and all these videos are helpful they're designed to help you they're to the point they're not being around the bush we're not opening up boxes and showing you how the box on un- opens and wow look at this this is nice look at the upc code none of that garbage we get to the point in fact we chuck the boxes that's what we like to do is throw in the boxes <laughs> all right so that's just a reminder there go check out the smart rv at youtube and look at the videos and like and subscribe if you like them. Then like and subscribe. The next episode is going to be 135. And one of the big pushes we're going to have in there conversation is going to be about RV Defender. Now, RV Defender is a tire blowout system. This product absolutely rocks. So we're going to have an interview with the owner of the company, Zach Patterson, in episode 135. So I want to thank everybody for listening today, for downloading the show, for liking it, for sharing it, and for subscribing to it. So this is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast. It's been great hanging out with you. If I don't see you on the road, let's connect at the SmartRVR.com.